0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to Wow, my goodness gracious. Man, what a what a stumble here. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another DisGelte Confusion Thursday Night Hangout.
1: There we go. Now I know where I am. I was totally confused at it for the first two seconds.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the now Concrud Free
1: Zelius. Yes. Nope. I'm in a happy position of life. A week, I guess, and a half removed. So yes all as well in aesthetic in the world of my lungs.
0: Very good, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, this of course is the Thursday Night Hangouts, the weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. If you haven't submitted your topic, question, etc., at this point, have no fear. At any time during the show, you could drop a question or comment, or hell, just add to the conversation by just dropping those thoughts into the chat. If we do unfortunately run out of time uh, for topics or questions, they will be added uh, to the next week's show. So without further ado, uh, let us jump into it. And the I'm first-
1: I'm not jumping, I'm sitting, sir.
0: Fine, whatever you need to do, Zelius. The first thing that, um, the first topic uh, on our to-do list, is the fact that it's some happy news and some sad news, or some frustrating news, maybe.
1: I'm very confused. Which is it?
0: It should. It's it's both? Maybe. I don't know. So um, there has been a... um, Namco Bandai has announced that they are doing... They're going to release a remastered edition of Tales of Symphonia, which is a phenomenal game, and to much... Uh, you know, applause and everything. It's going to be on the PlayStation 4. It's coming on the Xbox One. And of course, it's going to the Switch. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tales Symphonia was this amazing game that... I don't know if it all... I don't, I don't think it was, like, the game that saved the GameCube, but it sure as hell kept the GameCube afloat uh, when it was released. I think it was... Oh, gosh. Um... Let's see, GameCube was, what, 20 years ago? No? Mm,
1: Is many that years right? ago.
0: Many years ago. Anyways, so Tales of Phonia, remastered, announcement, everyone goes, Hooray! Hooray! And then, and then... There's <laughs> more. And then Bandai Namco goes, oh, and by the way, we've locked it at 30 frames a second. Huh? Exactly.
1: I will say I already have it on my PC. I never actually played it, but I bought it for the PC version a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I really have nothing else to add. No, I other it, Then it's interesting that it's coming to the consoles now yep. when there's been the PC port for at least a couple of years now. Right, but uh, so here's the
0: thing: in my in my mind, when I think remastered, I think that okay. For me, remastered means you're you're basically adding polish to the game.
1: I like um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah, like they didn't change the game; they just made it look snazzier, which exactly. is really all people needed or wanted.
0: And that's ex- exactly so. When they when when Tales Symphonia remastered was going yes, because here's the kicker: on the GameCube, 20 years ago, it ran at 60 frames per second <laughs> on the GameCube, and now you're telling me. 20 years into the future of its first release where you're going to put it onto the PlayStation four, the Xbox one and the switch three devices that are very capable of running games at 60 frames per second. You're locking in at 30.
1: And it was released by the way, in the PC 2016.
0: So that was what six years ago.
1: Yes. Like I don't get it. Like, I understand like if you're not going to improve certain assets and parts of the games, right? but like why put it, a... I guess maybe I understand, but from a developer perspective, how does putting a cap on FPS help at all?
0: Especially on, on the, con- the, those consoles. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, if you like re-released it on like a retro ar- arcade, you know, like, Plug it into your TV, it comes preloaded with games. Sure. Yeah. 30 frames per second. Okay. Like, no, the
1: PS5 and the Xbox One aren't going to be able to run it at 60 frames per second. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is odd. I agree.
0: Yeah. The play the PlayStation and the Xbox are like, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. We I mean, 60 frames a second for this game would have been nothing. So I am <laughs> I mean. It's, to me. It seems really stupid. I, yeah, it seems really stupid. But what do I know? I mean, I, I, but from my understanding, from what I've seen around the internet, I am not alone in believe in in my thought of it being absolutely stupid for it to be locked at thirty frames per second.
1: I'd be really curious to hear what their rationale is,
0: and I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that because of the the amount of backlash that they've gotten, they're going to have to say something. I mean, they
1: don't have to, but I—I I guess my one question I would have is: mm-hmm. If they had not announced the yeah. cap at 30 frames per second, yeah, what percentage of gamers would actually notice a cap? I'm willing you know, to wager it's small percentage.
0: It, it probably would be a very small percentage, um, but then you'd probably also. I think they they went ahead and and said that there was a cap simply because there are those people who literally, you know, try to to see the frames yeah. per second that goes, True. and you know you, they didn't want it to be a surprise, but,
1: I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't know why there'd be a cap, but I would also say from a gameplay and even graphics perspective, all that fun stuff, probably not going to be incredibly noticeable over versus being uncapped for most gamers. That's just kind of my opinion. Doesn't make it right, but I also doubt most people would notice.
0: Right. Yeah. I, but, you know, I hopefully, hopefully there's more to the story. Hopefully they come out and they, they explain their weird-ass rationale behind it?
1: It said they could give you the re-remastered times two, because 30 times two is 60 frames per second, for an additional remaster for another $40.
0: If you slap two consoles together, you get the real
1: deal. Raid one consoles.
0: (laughs) Anyways, so...
1: Back when you used to, uh, Daisy Chain, the, uh, Old school PS3s together to create like a supercomputer. You do the same thing.
0: I think that's what the Air Force did until yeah. Sony removed the uh, dual boot option.
1: Yeah, it was the old Linux. Like they took the PS3 with the um, OG Linux boot and mm-hmm. totally did that. Mm-hmm.
0: I still have that. I mean, of course, you know the the patches removed the ability, but I have like the OG PlayStation 3 that has the uh, the chip, uh, the the actual chip in there for emulation there's no software emulation it's hardware emulation baby
1: you can probably find like a hacked rom to get the old school um linux version back
0: oh yeah no 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 there's 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 a there's a homebrew uh patch that will uh allow you to regain that ability
1: now that could be your work from home linux box
0: i really don't need a work from home linux box right now
1: but you know you never
0: know i mean down. Never knew.
1: With the Air Force calls, you too can join the Master PS3 Hive Mind.
0: Yes, sure. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, yeah. so I mean, we'll see. Uh, I was excited to see Tales of Phony get a remaster, but at thirty frames per second, uh, whatever. Yeah. Man. I kind it kind of deflated that balloon.
1: I'll be more curious to see how improved from a. Asset perspective: Is it actually over the OG version,
0: right, right, or is
1: it just the PS the uh, PC version literally just released?
0: I bet you the PC version runs at sixty frames per second.
1: Yeah, I was trying to do a quick look, I couldn't find anything quickly, but that'd be a curious thing to see later. I think
0: um, depending on your your graphics card, can't you toggle on the FPSs?
1: Yes. Um, no because on steam overlay with the steam you can just have the um fps overlay i'm i i'm i'm
0: I'm really sure that the, it that the pc version has the the 60 oh, frames.
1: Yeah. i don't know if any developers really cap the pc version that'd be kind of silly <laughs> you never know Crazier things have happened right yeah you mean like capping the next gen consoles at 30 frames per second? Yep, yep exactly. Yeah, there, there, yep. 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 yep capping re-release
0: of of a game that's 20 years old at 30 frames per second. Yeah. Hello. Oh, Anyways, okay, so, uh to come to go from potentially exciting and then devast I guess, you know, deflating news, let's go to something that's actually in my mind awesome, pretty cool and I'm a little bit surprised that this company would do it. And that is that EA has announced that on October the 18th, The Sims Number Four, a franchise that's been around. The Sims franchise been around for hell, 20 years. Ha the same uh, the same amount as Tales of Symphonia. What? Imagine that! Imagine that! Um, they are starting October 18th. The base game for The Sims Four will be free now of course all of the expansions you still have to buy uh but if you already own the uh the sims 4 before october 17th uh you will get um i believe you'll get something you'll 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 get a little gift if you of course have it through ea's special little you know steam world uh i can't remember what's called ea play i think it's called uh, if you have The Sims 4 through EA Play, uh, either as the the regular member or the premium member, then you get additional stuff as well.
1: Huh. Uh, Sims has never appealed to me. I don't know. Like I've never played any of The Sims, and I've just never really had a desire to, I guess. So well, it's, it's me- definitely...
0: I mean, it's definitely... Um, it's not for everyone, but at the same time, the, the formula has been very successful for, well, I
1: mean, no, obviously for EA, yeah, I, I get it. Um, and it will obviously bring in new customers, yep, new microtransaction based opportunity because that's what it's all about is the pretty little nuggets that come in on a regular basis. So it's all that makes sense, um, right? Bring bringing new gamers, so sure.
0: And I mean, and the other thing is, like, uh, I think. If I read the website correctly, there are twelve expansions, and those expansions each cost, at this moment, this very moment, they cost thirty nine ninety nine. Now I don't know if if the pricing will change once the base model uh, goes free, um, but my guess is that probably to really get things going, I bet you that there's going to be like a, a discount for the first week to to really get you uh locked into the Sims 4. I personally, I've played the Sims, I've played a couple iterations of the Sims. Um I don't know, for me I'm not I'm just not that interested in trying to control someone's everyday life. I have enough trouble trying to remember what I eat personally for breakfast uh and remembering, you know, to to what I need to do that you have to control your Sims to do like uh shower uh, be social, um, you know, eat, sleep, all that jazz. I I don't need to, to try to control my life and someone else's life. So what I usually did when I got the itch to play the Sims is I usually would start a new neighborhood. I would build a bunch of houses. I would populate it with a bunch of people. And then I would kind of just watch. Um, So I'm
1: hearing is it's families for people either who don't have a family like me or people with shitty families who want to give a better, familiar experience.
0: Exactly. If you want to raise your children digitally without all the mess, but still have to take a shit ton of time. But it is accelerated, so your kid does grow up a lot faster than he would in real life.
1: In the bright side, if you become a total screw-up, you can just restart from scratch.
0: You just... Yeah, exactly you well you could restart from scratch or uh you can just move to another house next door start all over again so kind of from scratch but still deal with your messed up (laughs) uh, uh, old life
1: that's too much like real life that's like straight uh the oc
0: but that's that's really what happens you know um Mm. but uh you know i mean that's They're, they're actually going to host like a huge event. I think it's actually on the 18th. Um, they're, they're going to host an event on their YouTube and Twitch, uh, channel where they're going to not only, of course, you know, yay. Hooray. Let's celebrate that the Sims four is free, but they're also going to highlight what they've got planned next. So does that make you
1: want to jump into the Sims now again? If I have the time,
0: I, you know, I, I think that I would end up just like building the houses again. I, I, I don't think that I actually would play, you know, what, what people would consider the core of the game. Now the, the, sorry. Yeah. Go, go for it.
1: I hate the term free to play. Games are not free to play. They may be free to install and free to launch, but thereafter, oh dear God, are they not free to actually play the entirety of the game?
0: Well, it depends on what your uh, definition of free is. If you're the taking monetary, you, you're, yeah. then yeah, there is there is a a small bit of actual free. But then you also have to think about like time sync, and this is a game that you could sink some serious time into. True. Um, but you know this is this is actually a, a great example of. Uh, a company understanding that not everyone is going to play the game the same way. There are certain developers out there that get up all in their feelings uh, when someone doesn't play the game the way that they envisioned them playing it. Literally, you're you're given the keys to the the kingdom, the sandbox. You can you can be that masochistic asshole who traps the um. Uh, Sims in their houses and then burn them to the ground. I mean, you you could do that. You could um, get them in the swim pool and then remove the ladder. Uh, Wait, you can, are you
1: actually giving EA props about a game?
0: I'm just saying. Th- th- this is why I said this is so weird. Something is broken. Are
1: you okay, sir?
0: I okay. So here's the thing. This one, the the, the difference is that the Sims is not a game that comes out with a brand new version every single year. Uh, it also come
1: with a new DLC, like every single year.
0: Well, yeah, but the thing is you can continue to play the base game without having to buy that. Yes. It would, it be fun to, to add college life or, uh, go to vet school or whatever, you know, uh, raise your toddler instead of your, your kid going from a baby to like, um, I don't know, a 12-year-old or something like that. They, they give you options, but they're optional. That's the big thing. They're optional. They're not, every single year, you got to buy this game. And if you haven't bought the game in the past two years, you can't play with your friends anymore because we want you to pay $60 every single year so that we can rearrange a couple names and a couple digits around. The
1: Sims, how my life could have been better.
0: So I mean, you know, I I probably won't jump back into it, but I know that there's a lot of people who, you know, they will probably come back. Um, yeah, I think they're they're they're, you're you're seeing like a resurgence. Of course, you know, new shiny thing, and it's free. At least the base model is. Um, so yeah. Um. Good on you! Oh God, this is making my skin itch. Good on you, EA! Oh God, oh, no, I, I said, it. No, I said uh, it. I felt oh. a disturbance in the force. Oh, um. Now, I um, for those out there who are uh the Sims Four players, uh, that may not be on PC, have no fear. It is. It will be free on PC, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series XS, and Xbox One. So it's. I didn't know it was on the consoles. Yeah. It is. To me, the Sims shouldn't be on the consoles, but I don't I'm to me the Sims require a mouse and keyboard. There are certain games that require a mouse and keyboard. Uh and they just don't feel right with the the gamepad, in my opinion. Uh, so
1: I originally thought the same thing about Civilization five until I played it on the Switch. It actually worked really well on the console.
0: Until you get late in the game.
1: Well, I mean CPU limitations aside, yes.
0: But anyways, so uh, if you're interested, October October 18th, man, they're they're gonna do a special event on their Twitch and YouTube stream. And after the 18th, the base model is free.
1: I'm so excited, I just can't hate it.
0: Uh, I, I could tell, Celia, I could tell. Okay, so let's go from free to play to another free to play that's coming up in October. Uh, and but with caveats. And what I'm talking about, of course, is the ever impending release and switchover of Overwatch to Overwatch 2. Whoa. Now, I, I talked about this. I don't know if I talked about here here's here's the fun fact, ladies and gentlemen. The vast majority of the topics that I talk about on the Thursday night hangouts, I don't really recall. I know that I've talked about them, but I don't remember when I talked about them. So have
1: talked about them
0: I've, at some point in so, the last so anyways, eight years. Yeah, ex- well, in the last month. I know that. Okay. Anyway, so um, October 4th is the switchover date for uh, Overwatch 2. It's the official launch and also the the official sunsetting and, I guess, crashing into the ground for uh, or the original Overwatch.
1: I still need to log back into the O watch to get all my loot boxes.
0: They'll they'll automatically open for you uh on October 3rd.
1: I I don't, I don't trust the system. I don't trust the man.
0: Anyways, so it's it is technically free to play. Um they are changing it from was it 6v6 to 4 uh, 5v5. Yep. Uh they have a plan um where they are going to go to a seasonal uh, schedule, which means every nine weeks, they will have a new season. And in that season, there will potentially be new characters, new maps, new game modes, a shit ton of skins, and maybe, just maybe at some point, PvE.
1: What? PvE? Now, You mean the original reason that they're doing Overwatch 2?
0: Yes, the original reason, which has now been pushed into 2023 without a solid 2023 date. They just said that, be excited in 2023, PVE is coming.
1: So you mean 2024?
0: Possibly, potentially, who knows? It's a secret.
1: Oh, secrets.
0: What I can tell you is that at least when it comes to the first um the first season what you will get is three new heroes six new maps over 30 new skins a new battle pass system a new mythic skin which is going to be like the the new legendary skin and a new game mode um now some of you may have noticed or read the fact that not all Heroes, or, yeah, Heroes, will be immediately available when Season 1 starts. So on October 4th, there is going to be at least one character that's not immediately available for those who are playing free-to-play. And that character, and I'm going to butcher her name, I'm sure, um, is Kariko. So, Battle Pass. Uh, The new support. So battle pass, this is basically, this is, I guess this is really free to play with ever evolving uh, cyclical content. You are going to have this list of challenges that you will have to complete. And as you complete, you will unlock um, fun little doodads to to personalize the, you know, some skins, maybe uh, some, Special emotes, uh, at least one character or hero, whatever you want to call them. But there are two mo there are two different versions of this this battle pass, and I think that most people who have who have messed with this kind of you know challenge uh, challenges system understands that there is a free path and a and a premium path. The premium path, as of right now, it costs you one thousand Overwatch coins, which is roughly around. 10 bucks, I believe. And so on the, the free path, there is, I believe there is 20 unlockable things that you can get when you complete these challenges. However, if you go to the premium, there is an a, over 60 additional things that you can unlock when completing challenges.
1: It's uh, basically 80 levels.
0: Yep, there's basically 80 different levels, challenges that you have to complete and of course you can uh, to show your true you know fandom and and support and love of the game, the more you play, the more you unlock. I don't know if there is going to be a time I'm assuming there's maybe a time limit. No, you can't do a time limit though.
1: It's it's every 9 weeks. I mean the battle pass season is Lined up exactly with the right. nine week that you'd already mentioned. Right. So I
0: would assume that, you know, most of like the cosmetic stuff and whatever, you got to complete it within that nine weeks, but I wouldn't, it would be a real dick move if, <laughs> if you didn't get around, you didn't uh, you know, for some reason there was a nine week period where you weren't able to do as much. And so you didn't, even on the free path, you weren't able to unlock the hero. And so now the hero is forever lost. They wouldn't do that.
1: Well, no, they're very clear that like in this case, if you don't unlock the new hero, like in season one, yeah, that there'll be challenges in future seasons to retroactively unlock those heroes.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Um,
1: uh, yeah, so that part, they'll make sure you can still unlock.
0: Right, but then if you want to have the fancy shiny stuff that you may have missed out on, you could buy it in the store. There are no loot boxes. This time around, uh, there are exactly, it's basically a shop that shows you exactly what if, if there's something you want, uh, that was available in a previous season, you can go to the shop and buy that exact thing. It isn't a, I buy a box and then randomly I will get something from the past. Um, the, the first, so the first season starts October 4th. The second season will start December 6th. So whenever so and for this time only there will be an additional hero and map that will become available in season 2 in future iterations it will be every every other season that will give you a map and they haven't really outlined how often they will pump out new heroes and of course at some point, in future seasons, in 2023, at some point, there will be PvE.
1: Yep, I mean, it seems like a pretty somewhat standard battle pass system among other games, like Valorant has it. Um, I mean, Destiny 2 has a battle pass system almost identical to this, where, you know, you get new upgrades depending on your premium versus free versions. Um, So, yeah, and it's also... If you're part of the premium Battle Pass system, it's ten dollars every nine weeks. Yep. So from a Battle Pass perspective, if you're gonna do it, it's not all that terrible. Um. I. They do lean in heavily into FOMO, the fear of missing out, because during that nine weeks, you almost like really need to grind out. Yep to get those 80 levels or you've in a way like psychologically lost what you paid for.
0: Right. No. Uh, and, and, uh, a, a system that you've, that anybody who's watched the ultra confusion, uh, Twitch stream or, or YouTube or Facebook, um, uh, legends of Rutera have these timed events where you have X amount of days. It's not 90 days. Or not nine. It's not nine, uh, it's not nine weeks. It is usually like a month or okay. something like that. And in that time, you have the free path or the premium path. The premium mm-hmm. path will get you some yeah. some shiny versions of cards, maybe uh, additional stuff, uh, your your gamer icon, uh, maybe some extra points to unlock other stuff. Um, and I. Being the crazy person I am with nineteen days to spare, uh have unlocked everything in that. However, the the event does have a different um uh, progression that's also happening that isn't on that path. It's it's another thing entirely that mm-hmm. I it's basically it forces you to play specific types of uh, specific characters in order to unlock you know, really cool stuff, and that is also time sensitive.
1: Ooh. Yep. That I'm not a fan of. Well
0: it's like get to level uh basically so it'll be like a new champion. Uh I'll just say Kane. You uh defeat a three star Path of Champions quest with Kane. Okay. You start at zero stars. There's no way in hell you're going to even at 2 stars with Kane if your level is low because the stars are separate from your level. Stars basically give you advantages when you start. It, it basically it's like boosters. Like there's one that gives you um once you have 2 stars, most champions you have one additional mana so you're instead of starting off one you start with two so you can fast you could start faster, but it also gives you advantages. Uh, with Kane, it's, I believe, if you attack and you survive, you get uh, plus one to your attack every single time you attack. So you basically could grow your characters. Um, there's other ones where the, another character jinx, which is one of the originals. Um, every single time you play a card or discard a card, It does one damage to the enemy nexus, which is a beautiful thing, especially when you're in trouble. Um, So, But the thing is, you you go on these uh, half-star, one-star, two-star, all the way up to five-star quests, and each one, of course, increases in difficulty, the more experience points, the more experience points you level up. Um, As you level up your character, you gain special uh, items or boosts to your so the cards that start, are, are in your starter deck, um, like you could gain some uh, discount. Certain card that would cost you four mana, once you hit level 20 is now two mana, or something like that. So gotcha. I, I totally understand the Battle Pass thing. I'm I'm addicted to doing the premium shit every single, when when I play Legends of Ruterra, this is why I had to stop um, for like a year and a half, and now I'm back on it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what their, what, going back to Blizzard, what their future plans are, uh, for, you know, future seasons, how often they can release heroes, um, what new game modes they are thinking about in the future and how often they're going to add new game modes. Um, they are going to do, um... Like limited time events, uh, I think there's some kind of like Halloween themed one that they're Dunk-
1: gonna. Yeah, Junkertins is coming back. There you go. I saw that.
0: Um, so but the really cool thing is, and I'm I'm, the way that they phrased this, makes me a, uh, I don't know. It, it scares me a little bit, and that is that they like cross progression, play, progress, and access your content seamlessly across multiple game platforms. To me, it sounds like I could play, if I'm on my PC, I could play someone who's on the, the PlayStation 5. But at the same time, the way that they worded it kind of yeah. sounds like I could play, I can take my account onto PlayStation 5 so I could play other PlayStation 5 people if I want to. Or if I could, I, all of my, you know, my, 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 uh, my progression is saved across all, all the different platforms I have Overwatch 2 on instead of I'm on PC. I want to play someone who's on the Xbox uh, who's also playing someone on PlayStation 5. It worries me just a wee bit.
1: It does seem like also because I was reading a little bit of what the CEO was saying earlier about the battle pass and just kind of read between the lines. It's very clear to me that Blizzard, Slash Activision felt like there was no more money to basically be made from the original Overwatch model. Basically, they feel maybe like, if they added new content once in a while. i would say it was very clear that they. I mean, they obviously stopped even making content for it, and it just I think it's very clear that the the publishers have basically decided, by and large, mm-hmm. that this is kind of going to be the way going forward for free to play games. Right. Um, it's kind of the battle pass system i think that's what we're going to see more and more of as time goes on um you know kind of gone or going away especially for the always online games are the days of bu- you know buying overwatch one for 60 dollars and now you have it mm-hmm. um obviously you could buy loot boxes but most players didn't most of us just bought for 60 bucks and hey we're happy i was I mean, I played for years um, with my original purchase. I was very happy. But I think the developers have decided that, you know, if they're going to milk it, I kind of get it in a way because it's kind of... So did you ever play a game called Sim Tower? Yes. So I remember Sim Tower. Basically, your two main ways of making money was you either built commercial or residential. Yep. And you very quickly learned that building houses was a terrible strategy because you made all this money up front, but you didn't have recurring course of income with the commercial of that ongoing monthly fee. that you charged them. Yep. So you started transitioning from housing with the upfront costs to the commercial with ongoing think like is the same exact process that the developers are seeing where, you know, they got all that money upfront money with overwatch one, but as the sales started to dwindle, they saw no incentive to actually invest money in it. Mm -hmm. So it's also kind of a double edged sword with the battle pass where they've kind of beholden themselves in a way like they've come out and said, you know, this is our battle pass system where, you know, we're going to release X, Y, and Z. And I think my prediction is with overwatch two, if they do what they say they're going to do, overwatch two will be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll it'll do well as another fPS if they keep to that but they've also kind of set themselves in a way now where if they don't hold to that and all of a sudden the battle pass season doesn't have you know a map or a hero yep we will crash and burn but as a player in a way it actually kind of gives me hope mm-hmm. whereas we all saw with overwatch one like after a while i mean two years ago writing was on the wall that there was really nothing coming out for it. Where with Overwatch 2, I think it it sets itself up from an income stream perspective where the developer also knows they have to release this content to keep that gravy train going. Right. So in a way, it also does kind of benefit the ongoing gamer to now you're setting a system that you know is going to have ongoing content at least. I mean, I know it further perpetuates the idea of, you know, fear of missing out perception and always online, you're always licensing. You never own anything. I totally get that. But in the online, always, a truly online always game like Overwatch or your other games like Valorant and those games, it kind of makes sense to kind of require the developer to continue to put out content.
0: Exactly. I agree. I agree. Um...
1: And I think from reading Overwatch, the more I did look into Overwatch 2 and kind of how it works It actually seems like a pretty reasonable system. Uh, I mean, with the new characters, like, say, to your point, like, I know you can either pay the $10 to unlock your character basically day one, or you can grind it. But regardless, in a number of modes, including the um, not unlimited, having a brain fart of what the style is called, Uh, no limits, Mm -hmm. in workshop game modes, you'll have all characters unlocked to you. So there's still game modes where all the characters will be accessible to the players. Um, my one big hang-up from a competitive player is, like myself, I never play DPS. Mm-hmm. I hate DPS. And from what I've read is, let's just say, season three, they released a DPS player, and I never play that player. So season six, I decided to play Overwatch. If I unlock that character after the fact, From what they have initially said, I now have to play X number of hours as a DPS role to unlock that character and therefore play competitive. Huh? Which is like, oh, that's interesting.
0: Always something.
1: Always something.
0: I just want to be excited about the Atlanta rain again, damn it.
1: Are they doing Overwatch League for Overwatch Two? I don't even know. Yes,
0: yes, no, no, no. Okay. They've they've already started. They've already made the transition, from my understanding. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Now, of course, I have not paid a lick of attention, uh, but I but from my understanding, they've they've already switched over to Overwatch Two.
1: There you go. Um, Which makes sense because Overwatch One is dead.
0: That's <laughs> been dead for a while, but it'll officially—I mean—dead dead. October fourth.
1: No, yes. Jeff Kaplan rolling over in his bed because he's not in his grave.
0: Yeah, exactly. So anyways, so we'll we'll see. Um, Hope it does well. I hope it keeps being fresh or stays fresh. And hopefully those bajillionaires who bought all those teams actually start seeing the profit that they thought they were going to.
1: I'm okay if they don't because they're already bajillionaires, so whatever. right but I think
0: but I think it would be really cool to the the, the, the idea the concept of having you know a, a a location locked team that you could you know cheer for would bring esports you know kind of in the spotlight unfortunately because overwatch didn't really build on anything that that spotlight, uh, that light bulb went bad fast. Um, but who, who knows? You know? Who Meh. knows? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to stop, I want to pause for just a second to to thank some amazing individuals. Uh, they are the friends of the show. These are the people who are our patrons uh, through Patreon. And uh, they deserve some amazing love and attention. So without further ado, I will start with The Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you're interested or need more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R dot com. Now the next shout-out we've got to give is to a friend of the show who we met at the convention that shall not be named. And he is an amazing individual. And so we give the shout-out to Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Media. Now, I do want to say that Since Noodle Boy has been moving up in the world, his convention schedule has gotten a little bit more um, restricted. But have no fear, he's still doing a ton of conventions. He's still doing an amazing job, and you still need to book him if you go to one of his conventions because he is phenomenal. Nice. The next shout-out we have to give is to the man, the myth, the legend, that, of course, is Dr. Ryan of Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They're committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to herochiropractic.com. Also, I have an appointment with Dr. Ryan next week, which I'm super excited about because I need some adjustments in my shoulders. The next shout out we have to give is to the amazing maestro himself who helped create the intro and outro for Altica Fusion. I'm talking about Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. CrossPad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. The final shout out we have to give is to... An amazing individual who's been one of our longest supporters and patrons. Um, And that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe. Championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M dot com. And if you're interested, this. That amazing individual has also written a book. It is called Is That Agile? Common Processes for Development Teams. Now, uh, since we did Since we told you about the friends of the show, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that you too can become a friend of Alter Confusion of the show. And In order to do that, what you need to do is you need to become an Ultra Confusion patron. Ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two tiers. That's one. Two tiers uh, at your disposal that you can become a part of. There is the $1 tier, this $1 a month or $12 a year tier, and what that will get you is the ability to take part and patron-only posts to help shape the future of Ultra Fusion, as well as early access to all of our playthroughs. Now, if you want to get a little bit spicy and jump up from the $1 tier to the $5 tier, which is $5 a month or $60 a year, not only do you gain everything at that $1 tier, but you also gain the ability to have your name or organization added to our friends of the show for every single Thursday night hangout. For those of you who are who have been to our patron page recently, you will notice that there was a poll that was just put up and that is the idea or thought that maybe Ultra confusion will start putting some sort of swag for you. Amazing people. Yes. A physical item. I don't know if it will be at the $5 tier. Perhaps it'll be its own separate tier. Um, I was talking to one of our very good friends of the, of the show. Uh, he, has his own Spooky Dudes podcast, and he does, uh, a sw- uh, I, think it's a, I think it's like every five months or every six months, he gives swag to his supporters. And so I was like, oh, we should probably do that as well. So uh, if you want to be a patron for Altered Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. Now, of course, something that is very Exciting and near and dear to our heart is something that Alter Confusion participates every single year. Ladies and gentlemen, for the 11th year straight, Alter Confusion will be participating in Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best. Game. To help sick. Game? Game. Are you sure about game? Yes. (laughs) Game. To help sick and injured children at their chosen children's Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So, if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. Now, I do want to point out, and I'm going to have to go off camera for just a second, but I do want to point out that because of the amazing individuals who have already donated to the Extra Life or the Alter Confusion Extra Life Drive, we have already reached um, two of the, um, I guess, tiers or goal markers milestones. Right. There we go, milestones. She's all money, and and I've got them here to show you. So give me one sec. Let me grab them the right off camera. Hold on.
1: What could it possibly be? I am way too excited to know. What All right. Now, uh, for
0: those out there who remember, uh, last month there was a push for tabletop gaming, and if the Extra Life participant were to raise $80 within the month of August, they would get the Extra Life dice tray. So ladies and gentlemen, here's the Extra Life dice tray, right here. It is super, it is swanky, it is amazing.
1: Nice!
0: Now, not only did we get that goal, but also because of that $80, we actually hit the $200 uh, uh, milestone. And for those of you out there who do know what that, that milestone is, that milestone unlocks the t-shirt. So I also have the Extra Life t-shirt. I'm not wearing it, but here it is right here. I have to say I like this design better than uh, some of the previous year's designs. And I, of course, will be supporting this all the time, um, are all was it November? Th- I can't remember. Is it November sixth or November third, or is it neither of those? And I am just saying the wrong date.
1: It's in November, that much I know.
0: Yes, it is the twenty-four hour gamathon that Ultra Confusion has participated. November fifth. November fifth. The official date.
1: Oh, they can really do it any time.
0: Yes, you can do it any time, but the official, like everybody's doing it, is November fifth, and I, of course, Ultra Confusion will be participating November fifth for twenty-four hours straight. I don't, of course, you know, we still got a little bit of time, October, November. So um, we got uh, like a month and a half to try to figure out what games I'll be playing. Of course, um, as usual, I'm almost 100% sure that at some point, Xelius will be joining uh, for and gaming with us for a couple hours. So be on the lookout for that.
1: Apparently, the top thing on. Extra Life is the Magic the Gathering Group at 771450 dollars
0: $450. Yup. Well, I mean the, the thing, the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that Extra Life is more than just video games. Extra Life is gaming. Uh true, true. they they have a huge um you know initiative for collective uh you know uh CCGs, collectible card games. Um, they have pencil and paper RPG people, they've got board game guys, they have video game guys, they've got PC ears, they got consolers. Basically, it is it allows for different types of gamers to fundraise for an amazing thing. So
1: And by the way, currently you're ranked number 21 in the state of Georgia for fundraisers of extra life.
0: Uh, and last year we were the single um, we were the single top fundraiser for uh, ch- uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Nice at 275 bucks. So, booyah, anyways. Okay, um, I feel like there was something else. Nope, never mind. It's gone. All right, so let's jump back into the news now. Uh, we talked about Overwatch 2. We've talked about The Sims 4. Uh, we talked about the craziness that is, is uh of the Tales of Symphonia remaster being stuck at 30 frames per second, which is absolute craziness. But let us talk about, so back in the early 2000s, there was this uh, cable uh, channel called G4 TV. It had X play. It had um, like a ton of different like gamer centric content, and of course, it unfortunately uh, kind of fell off um, and got switched over to more of like a, like a manly man froo free like almost like a GQ channel. And um, but they brought it back last year. Uh, and it was going to be, it was going to be on cable. It was also going to be on streaming platforms. Unfortunately, uh, as of this week, somewhere between 20 and 30 staffers have been laid off. Mm. Now, uh, one employee stated, uh, that they don't think that the amount of content that the company is trying to produce is going to be feasible after laying are laying off so many people. But here is the real wrinkle. And to be honest with you, the parent company is Comcast. So this doesn't really surprise me because Comcast, <laughs> they're all about the bottom line and screwing people up the kazoo. Please don't uh, terminate my internet until we're after the show. Thank you. Um, uh, that is that there were staff members who had come in to do their live shows and, um, not knowing anything, only to be corralled by HR, mm-hmm. um, who then the rep, the reps from HR individually met with all these people. And some of these people were laid off on the spot. Now, Eesh. that's not to say that they didn't get like a severance package or anything. Uh, those affected uh, would be receiving anywhere between 16 weeks and six months of severance based on their tenure with the company. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is all, I mean, the, the, the resurrection of G4 TV, it's, it's been less than a year and it's kind of sad that, you know, they, that they were able to bring back some of the original, you know, hosts to do this thing. And it's just sad to see it. This might be, you know, the, the bell tolling for it to just go back into the grave again. I mean, yes, it's, they're, they're still c- producing content, but for how long?
1: Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is the gaming content you're finding nowadays, it's going to be on YouTube or Twitch. Yeah. I and, mean, that's just kind of where we're at for that kind of content.
0: Right. But the thing is, they, I mean, they they were on both cable and on streaming, but I think that because of their absence for, I can't remember how long, um, their, their, their true absence has been, I think that the individuals who grew up with G4 have truly moved on and they can get that type of content. They've probably already been getting that type of content from their, from different YouTubers and and Twitch streamers. So for G4 to re-enter it, it's more of like a novelty. Uh, and for those out there who go, Oh, you know, I might check it out. I personally loved G4 when I was in high, when I was in college. Um, That being said, since it's been resurrected, I haven't watched a single thing. I haven't. (laughs) I haven't had the time. I, the, my time is spent, uh, basically streaming, uh, international shows, anime,
1: weird ass documentaries, and playing games. I think nowadays the way for those guys to like, basically make a profit is almost like, like we're a deal with like Twitch streamers basically. Yeah. Like I will sponsor you, Mr. Happy for, I don't know, I make out a the numbers. I have no idea if they actually right. are. for like $10,000 a month and we get a cut of your proceeds or something along those lines. Right. Like almost like a record label type of deal. Um, because trying to jump in, you can think about it. Because a lot of those Twitch streamers who make money, like it's a one person shop it's not like you have like a probably by possibly their spouse helping out too. Um, but it's not like they have like a whole company and also, you know, probably because it's a Comcast company, mm-hmm. then they also have all the exact levels and the C levels and all other stuff. who have to justify their existence. Um, which typically, unless you're like one of the huge names, the income structure just doesn't set up that way for your streaming services. So it, it launched
0: in 2002 and then shut down. Let's see here. Um, I'm trying, where's the date? 2014. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, it lasted 12 years and then it got relaunched 2021, but that's seven years of, and in the digital world that we live in, seven years <laughs> it's like 70 forever. years i mean
1: i mean seven years is kind of really the rise of always on twitch if you think yeah. about it yeah that's really when the huge streamers and the big names have really come to be you know that monetization mm-hmm. um they were almost like ahead of their time really if you think about it yeah like they that happens sometimes um but yeah, trying to come back now is probably not gonna work out. Um, I think, as we're kind of seeing. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. Um, but now I
1: do. I do remember the OG G four because it was one of the old ways to get like mainstream video game news. It was really the only way back in the day. Yep there um, was
0: um, there was X Play. There was Attack of the Show. There was um. Hell for for a bit they did uh, they even had American Ninja Warrior on there they had uh, web suit old school version yeah man the screensavers um I mean there was there was some really good content out there but unfortunately it you know it just they took too long off to be honest with you but yeah. you know hopefully hopefully they could restructure and, and and some version of g4 will will continue to to thrive for you know old times sake but we'll see
1: yeah unfortunately I'm not optimistic that that should be yes now
0: speaking of um things being resurrected let's talk about the fact that for some of you out there who have who know of this thing called dungeons and dragons um does and- Dragons, yes What's that? dungeons and dragons a pencil and paper rpg um Ooh. that was created by dave artisan with assistance to to gary gygax come at me fools i know it's gonna piss a lot of people off but it's the truth dave made it and gary just marketed it and then gary tried to take all the credit boom mic drop walk away um Anyways, the original company that that published uh, Dungeons & Dragons was a company called TSR. Uh, TSR, of course, went belly up. Uh, Wizards of the Coast bought up the rights to Dungeons & Dragons, along with us, a ton of other things. Uh, and so time went on. Now, TSR has reformed um, with the help of Gary Gygax's son, Ernie, in 2019. And they are... Basically, um, marketing this new game uh, that they're calling, let's see, how, how do we want to? Uh, an original uh, TSR original role playing game called Star Frontiers New Genesis. Now, without going too much into all the legalese, basically, Wizards of the Coast are now uh, fighting uh, with a lawsuit against TSR. Uh, LLC, um, because the Star Frontiers, the 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 system that they use is very much like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, this you know, where I'm not going to get into all the, the 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 things, but It uses dice. It Uses dice, so it's got to be Dungeons and Dragons, damn it! It's it's a D20 system, so it's Dungeons and
1: Dragons. Um, they should have used cards like some other game I know.
0: That's called the Fate system, by the way.
1: I was actually thinking of uh, capers.
0: No, I know, but that's all. But capers oh, use the Fate system.
1: Called? I don't know. The way, I didn't know that's what it's called.
0: Yeah, it's called the Fate system. Uh, anyways, so, but here is the problem: uh, Star Frontiers New Genesis um, has a couple of issues that, because TSR is basically, you know. Uh, strutting that stuff saying, you know, we're, we're the, the true creator of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dungeons and Dragons being attached to this property for better or for worse. Yeah. And it, it's a lot worse right now. Um, the problem is that there was a test build of star frontiers that was leaked back in July. And in this test build, there are a couple of cringeworthy things in it. Uh, The first thing is, um, and this is an excerpt from the the test build, uh, races races in uh, Star Frontiers New Genesis are not unlike races in the real world. Some are better at certain things than others, and some races are superior than others. Okay, so, hmm, that sounds a little iffy, but let us move on. There's also, apparently... In the documentation, a quote-unquote Negro-like race that is described to be a sub-race in the game to have average intelligence with a maximum intelligence rating of nine, where there is a quote-unquote Norse race with a minimum intelligence rating of 13. So basically, uh, this this kind of feels like... like uh, uh, futuristic KKK, all of a sudden, what the hell is going on? Um,
1: without really knowing the developers of the series, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go to the benefit of the doubt in that they're not outright racist, in that it's not that they intended to create this system with, like, in this very specific example of obviously equating Negroes with having lesser intelligence than the Aryan master race is obviously what we're getting at.
0: Right. Aryan, i.e. Norse. Yeah.
1: This. I, maybe I'm being naive and hopeful in this world. But I don't think that was necessarily their intent. They probably thought like, hey, we've created back in the day, old d d races, which we know had... You know, pros and cons to your races. I mean, there's certain classes that were class restricted by your race, and there's absolutely in stat bonuses given based on your race. Right. But the reality is, for better or for worse, I'll let you make up your mind in 2022, that's just not how it is. Yep. Um, and you just have to be aware of the social world that we live in nowadays. And in this case, Having a Negro race with a lesser possible intelligence than your Norse race is just flat out a terrible and not good idea. Uh, And that's just whether or not that was their intent, and I'm not going to, I don't know what their intent is. um, That's just not the right thing to do, regardless. Um, And it's just not going to end well.
0: No. But the thing is that this is, and this is the reason why Wizards of the Coast are are having to fight this is because there's this linkage mm-hmm. between Dungeons and Dragons, TSR, LLC, because TSR was the original Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and, and so people, there, there are going to be those people who are going to draw the, the, the parallel of, oh, well, uh, Wizards of, of the Coast must be okay with this, you know, cause this is d- very Dungeons and Dragons-esque and this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. I understand, you know, CYA, my friend, CYA, cover your ass, um, and, and I too would love to give uh, the company a, the benefit of the doubt,
1: but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I, having a I hard time. I guess maybe that's where I was coming from—was getting the benefit of the doubt, but I think they're going to have a very, very much uphill battle. In this
0: case <laughs> I, the, the thing is look here's the thing you're you're absolutely right with what it when it comes to Dungeons of dragons um there are different races and there and in certain races as as reported um there are uh some are better at certain things than others absolutely um you are not going to see a a very agile dwarf um I mean, you could pro you know, get enough stat bonuses, whatever. But your base model of a dwarf is not going to be anywhere near as agile as a as an elf.
1: I mean, it depends. Can you throw a dwarf in the game?
0: Hmm. Does that mm-hmm. add to his? Does that gain agility points if he's <laughs> if he's being thrown? I don't know. But no, ser- seriously. <coughs> I think one of the biggest issues is that. Because Dungeons and Dragons has been around forever and we've kind of, you know, we've, we've grown up with this, we have this picture of this is what an elf does, this is what a dwarf does. And then you have someone brand spanking new introducing all these races and, and not being very careful with the, the type of words that they're using. Like when I think Norse, I am not going to think African-American. I'm not going to think Asian. I'm not going to think Indian. I am going to think, white people. Um, Honestly,
1: I think Norse. So, in the context of what you said, obviously we went a different route. Yeah. But if you just came to me with Norse, mm-hmm. I would actually go with Viking.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely right. But have, have you seen an African American Viking? I mean, I'm sure there there are those out there, but but did I'm actually sure
1: trying to think if they actually had anything in the um, Viking series. I I, I don't think they actually had any African. I mean, it makes sense that there's not. Right. But there may have been when they traveled like on the Silk Road because they did that in later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible there, but like in Norway, I mean, it's Norway.
0: Right. I, <laughs> and, like, I think back I think. In the day. I mean, here, here's here's my thing. I I understand that as time has progressed. And people have a better understanding of, you know, what is right and what is wrong. That there are certain things that were produced um, in the past that are very racially and insens- sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are other. Uh, then there's other like knee jerk reactions. Uh, I'm I'm thinking my immediate uh, my immediate thought goes to this phenomenal movie that could not be. I will. It could not made today but it's a phenomenal movie um is called blazing saddles <laughs> it could not be made today but it's still an amazing movie it does not need to be burned it does not need to be banned mel brooks is a is a genius he's smart he worked he he sees no color he sees no you know gender he basically went off of stereotypes and then showed the the very most unlikely of heroes who became the hero in Blazing Saddles, which by the way, there is actually a remake of Blazing Saddles, sort of. It is an animated movie. Uh, uh, damn it, I, I can't remember what it's called. I want to call it Pause of Fury. I could be wrong. But basically, instead of being in the West, uh, in like, you know, the, like a Western setting, it's more of a samurai setting where it is uh, a world filled with cats, and there is a dog who becomes the sam the the, the head samurai for this town, i.e. the sheriff. Uh, and it's very very much like Blazing's house. Also, Blazing Samurai. Yes, maybe Blazing Samurai. Um, uh, the, the it, it it also helped that Mel Brooks was actually part of the team who did this. Um, let me see. Hold on a second. Uh, Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. So I was right. Pause of Fury. Uh, it came out 2022. So it's not Blazing I'm Samurai. I'm seeing...
1: The one I'm seeing those Blazing Samurai.
0: Is it, is it got two different names? It might have two different names.
1: It's like with cats and dogs?
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's different names. I don't know.
0: Anyway, so uh, the the lead character is, is being... Uh, voiced by michael Sarah, but it's it's phenomenal but that being said i mean
1: you think it is a different era because yeah. everything is so over analyzed i mean think it, without getting i'm not gonna get deep into it but look at what happened with the um casting of ariel yes um, uh, little then- mermaid Absolutely stupid fucking stupid that it is that people are in arms in it. I mean, wow. But you take, to your point though, you take what's happening with that and then you try to put Blazing Saddles as a new release in 2022. Yeah. And the thing that sucks about it is we're ending up with the Drenches of the earth like Scary Movie 37, which is just dumb, stupid humor without actually being good right uh, and, and that's the thing that Mel Brooks movies did so well is they took also kind of almost yeah they did those things really well I mean liquid also I know it wasn't a Mel Brooks movie but um Tropic Thunder
0: yeah
1: um, same thing with some of the characters where you had blackface going on yep um, where it, but it was done it's also in How's a Done in the context of those movies. And
0: I think I think that's it though. I think that in order to you know, I mean I under, okay, l- let me back up real quick. I am I am not an IP owner that's being associated with a potentially racist entity. And we lost the Um but that being said, I think that an individual needs to do the research and understand the context of what the 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 property is before they say something. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we live in an era where everyone has to basically shit out news every 30 seconds and there's no such thing as fact checking anymore. God damn it, there's no fact checking. With if, if we just if we get it wrong, Hello. we just do we retract it. We retract it, you know. But, you know, I uh, part of me wants to give the, this, this company the benefit of the doubt, but part of me, I don't know, I'm still a little saucy when it comes to who actually created Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't... It's complicated. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. Um, it's, just, it's just, it's all... Complicated. And I think part of the hard part is it's hard to have those difficult discussions without people having basically knee jerk reactions. It's yes. Part I, of it.
0: I agree. I agree. And now, and like I said, I am not the IP owner of something that's currently through, you know, uh, some means being uh, kind of connected to a potentially racist situation. So, I understand what Wiz- wizards of the coast has has to cover their own asses. No, I get. The, I, get I understand I get. that. Yeah. That I understand. I t- I'm not saying that wizards of the coast are in, are in the wrong. They need to. They they need to. Um, you know, they got to fact check before they say something. They,
1: well, they've also done plenty. I mean, I the last show we did together wasn't it them who were doing a retraction for one of their. Contents for yes. something race related?
0: Yes. Um, uh, for one of their uh, campaign modules for, ironically, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so uh, that I understand. You know, when, when, yeah. So, but I, I guess we'll see where it goes from here. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I believe we have unfortunately reached the end Whoa. of the show. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is. It has been a pleasure to have a co-host uh, and not try to do the, the show solo. Like last week was a little rough with uh not being able to ha- not being able to have that back and forth. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie and Zelius. It's been a pleasure getting here with the camera heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout.
1: Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world.
0: Amen to that, brother.